Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. All right, let's bring in uh, this. I think this is his Dirty Dozen's 12th appearance. Could be 13th, could be 20th. Who knows at this point? Brian Campbell, one half of the morning combat duo. Showtime extraordinaire, Ring City extraordinaire. If there's a ring, he's probably going to come steal your job, take your job on television. He'll be there Showtime this weekend. Brian Campbell. I mean, things are everything's turning up Brian Campbell right now. Yeah, Mr. Steal Your Job. Uh, savor the flavor while it lasts. But thank you very much. I'm a blessed man. Um, thank you for having me on so many times. I, I'm basically the uh, the unpaid co-host at this point, right? Yeah, I'm going to send I'm, you a check. It's coming. I'm the current Batier of the show, right? Yeah, but he has got way better hair than you. That is a great point. Yes. 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 So you'll be there this weekend for the Showtime card. They're kicking off their big summer schedule. It's just across the Twitter uh, wire. So it's got to be true that you're going to be doing pre and post fight interviews as Jim Gray heads off to the international basketball hall of fame. That is very true. Very excited to be part of the, uh, the great Showtime team. Of course, I've done various things here and there over the years with them. So to actually be on an actual broadcast, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. And, uh, you know, big shoes to fill for the great Jim Gray, who, you know, let's not forget why he made his name. He's not afraid to go after people. So, uh, hey, 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 this is, it might be Danny's night. We'll see, you know. (laughs) He's had some moments, man. The Tyson Spinal, uh, who can forget when on a lesser, lesser uh, stage, when he went up to Paulie. After that Cano fight at, at the inaugural event at, at Barclays, and as he was heading up to the to the ring, he leaned over to us and said, "Hey, what were the punch stats?" And and Paulie got outlanded by a hundred punches, and and Jim Gray writes him down, heads into the ring, ask Paulie right away, like, "Yeah, you maybe didn't get the decision because you were outlanded by a hundred punches." And then Malinaji unloaded on us at CompuBox that we need yes. lens crafters. So Jim Gray makes moments. So this big shoes. And and you know the Canobios, they don't they don't take those insults lightly. No, right, that's Paulie, set off a we, war. We still, you know, we're still looking at you, Paulie. All right. That set off it set off a, a long war. But we're ready. We're ready to go. Uh, Canelo fight week had just commenced, but it's still there. There's some fallout. It's always when I have an event that big, there's going to be talking points, especially Canelo Alvarez, someone who's continuing to fight, take on all challenges. What a fight. What an event this past Saturday, AT&T, 70,000 fans. You know the deal by now, breaking the orbital bone. We're not going to get into whether he quit or not because I really don't care. I care about Canelo inside the ring. Let's start with that. I thought it was a really good performance. I thought, obviously, any time that you can throw 20 punches around uh, you can and still dominate or, or still take out your opponent, that should be, uh, you know, that should be applauded. There are some little small criticisms, Brian. Small criticisms. Ooh, you have small criticisms of Big Red. Yes, I think I get I understand that that's just like sacrilege these days. And I tweeted it out right after the fight. I was like, yeah, it was a great performance. But Canelo, I think, is starting to fall in love with his power just a tiny, tiny bit. I mean, did he let Kovalev even set a certain tone as the boxer behind that big jab and sort of wait till he tired and set up that moment? Uh, you know, you could argue that he is, but like, I get your, is your, is your criticism in the way of saying essentially Canelo, you're almost too good to just rely on trying to line somebody up with that big shot and not worry as much about giving away some rounds against Kovalev. I thought he, I won't say give away. I thought he lost. A, a small handful of rounds. I thought no, Kovalev right. was very in that fight. 
And I think the same thing with Saunders. I had it four, three entering the round in which Saunders ultimately got stopped in. So, you know, and, and, and Luke Thomas and I on my show morning combat, we had a big debate over that. I'm saying, look, the fight's four, three on my card. He's like, that's fine. Billy Joe was never in it. Canelo was waiting to line him up with that big bomb. Are you saying Danny C that when you're the pound for pound King, when you are the guy, don't be fighting that fa- it's fan risky. friendly style, bro. Floyd me. Floyd it's, my ass. Well, the difference between him and Floyd is that when he throws, he could break an orbital bone. He could knock you out. He gives you that extra thing. But he has the same game plan as, as Mayweather inside the ring. And, you know, guys like Jermel Charlo, guys like Wilder also have this similar style of fighting where they throw a very low amount of punches and they 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 really hone in on their power. They really depend on their power. And that's what Canelo's doing. I don't know if criticism's the right word. It's an interesting style to see he has. And you bring up the Kovalev fight that, you know, the 26 punches thrown by Canelo in that fight per round against Saunders was his career low. His second lowest was against Kovalev when he only threw 28 punches around. If you want to keep going against uh, Amir Khan, he was under 30 also, too. And if some people had Khan up in that fight, too, I get it's a strategy. I just think that it's 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 risky. It's very risky from Canelo. And who knows? Maybe the, the antics of Saunders played into his mind. He said he wanted to knock him out in the eighth. He knocked him out in the eighth. You know, maybe he was just lining up one big shot. I don't know if he can do it's that. It's not new though. Let's be no, honest though, because you know, even was glaring in, though, even in the Lara and trout fights and I scored the Lara fight 115, 113 for Lara. Although I acknowledge that Lara did not do enough where you could have a big argument that he won. Right. If you right. favored Canelo, but even in that fight, I thought Canelo even maybe didn't do you know as much to cement it. Yeah, he chased Lara down. He ate some shots. But even in the Trout fight, and I may go down as the only person who actually scored that fight for Trout. I'm fine with that, Kieran Mulvaney. I'm looking at you. <laughs> I did score it for Trout. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Um, I felt the biggest you know thing was, again, Canelo trying to be too efficient, too in love with his power, trying to land the big shot, which he did to knock Trout down. But did he cement that and leave no doubt with activity? Well, that's his style. I mean, even against Gennady Golovkin, who lived and died by the jab, that's that's who he is. I do get what you're saying. You know, when he is eventually, and this is where the the where the where the the storyline's taking us now. Okay, he's better than we thought he ever would be. Let's be mm-hmm. honest, Canelo. He's yeah. He, he, it's one thing to be the pound for pound king and the the best pay per view draw, which he is together. Rare when that comes together, but he's he's now actually settling a gap between him and those guys who last year had a much more legitimate claim for the throne, which was Inoue, uh Crawford, Spence. I think now it's, it's Canelo and everyone else. So yeah. he's great, but when will he face the next actual legitimate challenge in which somebody might be able to outpoint him or knock him out where some of this uh, criticism that you're saying now that has been there in the background about output, will that catch up with him? It turns out that Saunders wasn't that guy. Although I was certainly pushing the hipster agenda of he might be that guy though. He might be that guy well, who, could have a, who could have a case against Canelo after 12 rounds. Yeah. But will that be the, the Baturbia fight? If that happens, will that mm-hmm. be Jamal Charlo one day? If that happens, will it be Andre Andre? If he ever decides to do that, is there somebody out there right now in your eyes, Danny C who's who's could make him pay for that? Maybe slight fall. I would say Benavidez. If you go, if I'm going to go off of just output, no one throws more punches than Benavidez at 168. That's close to 70 around. He's got the power. Doesn't really have the movement. I don't. I think that Canelo might be able to figure him out. Kind of, you know, plotting forward. Uh, has some uh, defensive deficiencies. That's Benavidez. But he's a guy with both pop and a guy with with uh, volume. Not so much movement. And uh, I don't know when it comes down to who's going to come next. You know, obviously, Plant, they're talking about him. Uh, we'll get into that in, in a little bit. The Charlos, I'm going to see that. But 
it's interesting. I, I don't know if it's much of a criticism or it's just something that I, it was glaring to me on Saturday night. And the reason why Saunders got back into that fight rounds five through seven was because Canelo was not putting his combinations together. Frotch uh, had mentioned it on the telecast, you know, uh, uh, Saunders outlanded Canelo 31 to 18 over rounds five through seven. I think, you know, you had to give those three, those middle rounds to, uh, Saunders, the other one, the first and the fourth or, or for, for Canelo when you're watching uh, second time around. But I'm interested to see what's next for him. Obviously, he called out uh, you know, Caleb Plant afterwards. And uh, that fight now is now what's being discussed on the interwebs, being discussed on the, on the Twitterverse. There's this now debate on should Canelo go to pay-per-view because fan, boxing fans love to get into the finances. They love to get into the business side. Should the, the debate of Canelo on a pay-per-view model versus Canelo on the DAZN subscription model is going to rage on for the next couple of weeks until this fight, you know, we start hearing more yeah, negotiations about it. Is it a debate? DAZN now two fights in a row with Canelo has opened the door for the traditional pay-per-view option of which yes. you get, you know, a certain month discount of the DAZN package. And I think that was a, it turns out a necessary move. While DAZN did come out with the we're killing pay-per-view tagline in the beginning, you're, you're on an island if you're streaming only. You know, the other promoters can't work with you. So this is a smart move there. Um, I don't, I think that, I think personally, Canelo is going to still seek the plant fight and get it, but is going to go through Eddie to get it. And I don't know if that's a fight that's somehow on like Fox pay-per-view and into his own pay-per-view at the same time. I don't know. They're going to have to figure that out. But I think that he really likes Eddie and respects the fact that Hearn, say what you will about him, and I've been way more positive than negative in terms of his impact since bringing his business to the States a few years ago. I mean, you saw that was like a rock star concert oh, yeah. on Saturday night. No it had the about Anthony it. Joshua feel. Right. Hearn knows how to handle superstars. And I think if you look back at Hearn's comments about how Aram recently got into public battles with Teofimo and Terrence Crawford, um, that you know he understands how to how to treat and speak to and and serve a superstar fighter. So I think Canelo is going to stay with him. But I think this is where I just say like, look, what, what are we gonna, what are we going to say bad about Canelo now? He's the best in the game. He's <laughs> I know. the biggest draw. He's going out of his way to fight people that are difficult just yeah. to fulfill his goal. Let's say he closes this year with fighting and beating Plant to become the super middleweight undisputed champion, the first Mexican to do that first time in this division's history for anybody, and then fights, I don't know, Golovkin in December as a gift to the fans, and then comes back in 2022 and is like, okay, I'll take uh, Benavidez, and then I want, uh, you know, Better Beef, who again might be, you know, Better Beef's great. I mean, he's right outside my top 10 pound for pound, but he's getting older. Uh, you know, Joe maybe Smith. he's like, maybe I, you know, whomever, man. I mean, you know, Danny Jacobs is is supposedly moving up to 75 to try to get a belt. So he's not going to stop doing what's best for the sport. Yeah. I have so much respect for who he became. Dan, you and I have been covering this game forever. We remember him as the pretty face matinee idol. Will he ever be great? Well, look, by the time he was headlining pay-per-views against Floyd and, and, and Laura and Angulo, like he became pretty damn great, yeah. you know, pound for pound ranked, not a guy who's a threat to be the best in the sport, but man, even with the close decisions that, shouldn't have always gone his way. Even with the, the clenbuterol situation, do you believe it? Even with, he did knock out Archie Solis's teeth on the sidewalk in Guadalajara, apparently. And uh, he also, uh, he also negotiated the release of his brother who was kidnapped in Guadalajara too. And he's so. got weird tats. I mean, there's a lot going on there, but this past two week period from the Graham Benzing interview to him sending Demetrius Andrade to hell oh, in the great. post fight press conference, it's a new Canelo. Yeah. We have to bow down while he's going to act this way. Cause he's making the fights we want. He's a star. He's fun to watch. Mm -hmm. He's a pretty damn good dude. I'm all kinds of all high on Canelo right now. I know. Right. I'm sitting here nitpicking his out 
output. That's the best I can do. So I'm what, trying to what's find, wrong with you. I'm trying to find one thing that we can just say, all right, I mean, let's see if there's something in, in the armor that, that, that could prevent him from, you know, looking so great in there. But yeah, you're, everything you're adding up, the whole I mean, picture. Jay, let me interrupt you and say, even when he was fighting at Canelo weight of 155 and we were, that's the other black guy we don't talk about enough. He waited Triple G out a year and a half to maybe even two years, right? Fighting Amir Khan first, just kind of yeah. stretching it out, waiting Auto on fight. Okay, it's been done before by stars, but that's one of the rare true, as Rafe Bartholomew would say, heel Canelo moments. Even with that said, though, man, um, I forgot what point I was going to. All right, maybe my point was Canelo's great. Just take that, Canelo's great. I think, right. yeah, I think that's what you're heading towards. But the whole thing where he has everything going for him now, the the, the Andre trash talking, the, the interviews, talking in English now more, he's getting it now. And, and I, I just posted on Twitter now, he's now made it into the non-boxing meme Instagram accounts. Like funny Hoodvich posted his thing with the when he was telling Andre to get the F out of here. You know, it says like when someone says they don't like tacos, like he's now crossing over into these things. And I know that's not the best gauge, but it's something, you know, you know, you want to be a star and you decide to start speaking English, which we all knew he could speak. Um, It's a smart move. It's the right time to do it. And the point I was going to make, Dan, was when he was at 155 Canelo weight, would you ever have imagined because we thought then that he was afraid to move up to 160 and fight the best, that he would go to 68 and be no, the biggest puncher never. in every or fight. Or 75, too. Or 75 and win a belt. I mean, it's, it's, it, rem- it, dude, right. it's freaking remarkable it how really great is. he became. Because he could have leveled off one and lost a few in the second half of his career, still been a star, but he ain't going nowhere, man. He's no, it shows better. it. It shows the dedication. I think re- things really changed for him after the second Triple G fight where he was still getting criticized by his own fans, the, the Mexican fans, saying that they didn't like the way he fought. They didn't like that he would circle around. They didn't like that he was on his back foot. He put Golovkin on his back foot. He walked him down. I thought he won that second fight. That's when things really started to change, and that's when uh, we're seeing what we have today uh, uh, with Canelo. I want to ask you quickly. You have the, you have the, uh, you're in with the MMA crowd. Do they, does the MMA crowd respect Canelo? They were very late to the crowd on him, and I think only – New, still thought of him as that that young kid with the red hair who fought Floyd that time and lost, right? And maybe some had came back for the Golovkin two fights and they realized, okay, he's a star. But I think he was the default pay-per-view boxing superstar, non-heavyweight in the aftermath of the Floyd and, and Manny era. And let's be honest, this is the Canelo era, right? Now it's not the heavyweight era. We got fun heavyweights. It's the Canelo era, yeah. believe that. But I think just recently they're starting to really tune in and realize how actually great he is. And again, it's, it's the same thing about how you and I are, you know, parading him, f- putting flowers all over him and saying, dude, he was not this good heading into the two Golovkin fights. I mean, he has got, he is insanely great. And yes, they're starting to ke- take notice. The English language change will be a big boost. Yeah. And, and another question about the MMA crowd, the MMA crowd, I feel, I feel like the boxing crowd takes pride in the fact that their fighters get compensated well. On the flip side of things, I've always thought this. Does the MMA crowd care that their fighters don't get paid as well just because they're getting seems like they're getting good fights on a, and a more uh, on a on a bigger basis? It's hard to speak for the crowd in general on that. The crowd is waking up and understanding that they're not getting paid commensurate to boxing or commensurate to what the UFC actually takes in per year. I don't know that the fi- fans overwhelmingly to a large percentage actually care. And the reason is what you just teased. The reason why UFC has been so friggin' successful and why they've been almost anti-boxing and how they match make is because Dana White and company rescued that sport when it wasn't even allowed to be on TV anymore. They sa- they saved it from nothing mm-hmm. and they insulated themselves as, you know, promoter, matchmaker, all that. Like they have the control over everything and that control also leads to the smaller pay. And when that changes and eventually it will, 
I don't see how there's any question. The, the matchmaking cannot, can only get worse. Maybe not dramatically worse, but the matchmaking can only get worse. The more control fans or fighters will rightfully have. I don't think the fans though, are the ones who are going to be at the picket lines. I think you're seeing finally the media start to really yeah. not gang up because it's not our responsibility to try to make change. It is our responsibility to put out there on our platforms. What's actually happening. And I think you're seeing more media members just like take the narrative and push it forward on our show morning combat. We've been like, you know, John Jones doesn't deserve star money. What what era are we in right now? Exactly. I mean, like, you know, give, give, give that man his whatever guaranteed millions to fight whomever because that's what the stars on that level deserve. And it's funny because I, I hate to give him credit. It's Jake Paul is that when he's going after Dana White, and obviously this, these conversations have been happening for a while. You know, the boxing fighters pay so much is drastically different than MMA fighters pay. Jake Paul is now speaking on it. He's going after Dana White. You're seeing these crossover fights. The business things are starting to mesh together. So I always wondered that. Uh, but let's move forward here. Showtime boxing this weekend. They're kicking off their summer schedule. You'll be there. Uh, like we said, you're doing pre post fight interviews, filling in for, for Jim Gray. Really good main event. Really, really good main event, Brian. Uh, this is the type of fight. In boxing, we talk about styles make fights that I like the most. When you have a knockout guy versus a volume guy, you have yes. the knockout guy in Neary versus the volume guy in Brandon Figueroa, who throws 95 punches around, which is just absurd. He's broken numerous CompuBox records. That's Brandon Figueroa going up against a guy in Neary who's a little misunderstood, but you can't deny the fact that he's got game changing power. Uh, that's Lewis Neary. This is a great matchup, as you said. Let's give Showtime the credit, you know, not, not me patting them on the back for no reason. Right, They've sure. taken the 122-pound division, which I think has, you know, it's been reloaded with marketable names and recognizable names for U.S. fans for the first time in a while. And, uh, I mean, let's not, let's not demean ourselves. I mean, we had, you know, we had Frampton and those guys in there not too long ago. But still, like, it's, it's hot right now. They've got 90 or 75% of these guys. Obviously, Akhmadaliev has two of the four titles, and he's not with them. But mm -hmm. they're making great fights. The styles are great, and it's taking place in – Dignity Health Sports Park, StubHub Center to all of us. The uh, what does Ray Flores call it? The uh, the war, war grounds. grounds. You know, I mean, like rightfully so. I mean, every you know, so many great fights there. They have the styles, the makeup, and the want here to to be great. And if they do and carry out their game plans, it's going to be a thriller. Now, will it be a you know Rio Salvarado level brawl? I don't think it'll be as crazy because there's skill involved more skill involved let's say but it's going to be the perfect dynamic of pace skill and want and yeah. hunger and and I, and I think you know I, I took part in the fighter meetings this week and you've already got Figueroa saying publicly that he's not sure Neary is the puncher at 122 that he was at 118 interesting he watched that fight against Jason Almeida in which uh, Neary went the distance and at times looked like Neary the killer at times looked a little pedestrian he's the one openly questioning am I the guy with the bigger punching power and Neary's got to prove that then I talked to Neary and he says Dude, this is gonna be a knockout. I mean, this is, you don't need the judges for this one. So, uh, the formula for explosion is great. Uh, Neary didn't want to get into it, but he's no longer with Eddie Reynoso of Team Canelo after that one fight. Actually, experiment. I actually like that move. Went back to his old trainer from Tijuana. So, yeah. uh, maybe that was part of the disconnect. Maybe Neary was trying to be somebody he wasn't in that Alameda fight and it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Either way, if you're telling me Neri, if he can make weight, and that's always an if with him, if he's going to come in looking to go guns blazing, he has the right opponent to match that, as you said, in the perfect style contrast. Yep. We know those Figueroa's siblings, very good looking across the board. I mean, well, that, that's, you know, that, let's, that's just, let's just hope that Brandon doesn't fight like what Omar was doing on May 1st. Because that, that was let's hope he looks as, like Omira afterwards and not like uh, like Omar right now, you know, yeah, like, but, but but I don't know if that's possible against a puncher like Neri. I can't wait. Uh, cool boy Steph Stephen Fulton Jr. reportedly 
from Showtime's matchmaking, you know, is looking like they want him to fight the winner. Yeah. Danny Roman, who's going to be on this card, he says he's the mandatory for the winner. There's a lot of good business yeah. going on in this division. It's going to be on on uh, it's going to be showcased on Showtime. How about that one for you, Dan? I like that. You should use that on Saturday night. Yeah, one twenty-two, one of the hottest divisions in boxing right now. But just to go back real quick, the one thing with with Neary, the, a guy like when he fought Payano, he's the closest thing that there is to Figueroa in terms of volume. And, and uh, Figueroa slowed down tremendously. He slowed his work rate down. So maybe that's one thing for, for Figueroa is that Neary can, can come in there and slow it down a little bit because he's going to have to slow down Figueroa some way. You know, not 95 punches around. He's a certified badass. Yes, certified. He is. Certified badass. 95 punches around versus the knockouts of, of Neary. Something's got to give. That's my favorite type of fight because I always want to see that the volume guy, will he slow down or, or will he be afraid to get those counters or will the, 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 the slowdown guy in Neary up his volume, try to match Figueroa's all with the outset of the winner getting Fulton in September. Like the plan is that's a hot main event uh, on Showtime. You'll be there. You'll be there in the, in the ring after what are you going with? What are you wearing? I know you like to rock the blue. I noticed that that's really your go-to. I, I, I don't know if I can get as experimental on this broadcast uh, as I can on others, but uh, I'll be looking, I'll be looking pale, uh, chubby, uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be your boy BC forty two. You know, let's let's do it. All right. You're embracing that. You're, you're leaning into that. No, it's been a look. I have not recovered. Remember when Sean Kemp had the lockout? Remember when the NBA had the lockout in ninety nine? Sean Kemp, who was an All Star the year before with the Cavs, averaged twenty a game. He seemed to never fully recover and was fat the rest of his career. Dan, I have not recovered from this quarantine yet. Dude, we've been out almost. You've been the out. The hope is that, uh, you know, I won't be fat the rest of my career, but uh, it's, t- it's you know, it, I mean, it's up to us as a people to start making some changes. And I've had this talk with myself too many times in the past, you know, few months. Stay away from the gas stations. Stay away from the, the, the sushi at the gas station. Stay away from the I corn dogs. I wouldn't sushi out of a gas station. You I would. Just about anything else. You though. would. All right. Here we go. Uh, Brian Campbell, Saturday night, he'll be there at Showtime. We're breaking it all down. Really good schedule coming up too from Showtime as well. Always appreciate when you I join us. I can't wait here. to hear your call of Heather Hardy's return yes, too. I am heading out to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, UFC Fight Pass, Heather Hardy's debut over at a lightweight. She wants to keep fighting. So yeah, I'll be on the call with Justin Shackle, Callie Reese, Lou DeBella is supposed to be in attendance in Murfreesboro. We're gonna head to tennis Nashville afterwards. It's gonna be a party, man. Hey, this no weekend. joke. No joke. Let's give it the respect. Women's boxing is making some moves right now. The Katie Taylor fight was great. Um, I loved what, you know, the stuff that I did with ring city cuts a couple of their, you know, Amanda Serrano making that comeback there. Um, I, I I'm loving that. It's not just one or two names. It, we got names. No, we got matchups. We got styles. We got, we got hunger. All right. I'm hungry. <laughs> I know that you are hungry. Yes, that's for sure. Yes. Women's boxing on fire right now. Get it all this weekend. Brian Campbell. Appreciate you as always. Special thanks to our guy, Brian Campbell, for joining us, bringing that noise. I always appreciate when he comes on the show. He'll be there this weekend on Showtime. That is one of the main cards this week. Luis Neary versus Brandon Figueroa, uh, which should be a banger, as we said. I'll be heading down to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, uh, Friday night on UFC Fight Pass. Check it out. It's an all-women's card put on by Debella Entertainment. I'll be on the call alongside Justin Shackle and Callie Reese. Heather Hardy will be the main event. She's going up against Jessica Kamara. Support women's boxing. Women's boxing is on a heater right now. There's been great fights week after week. Carissa Shields, Katie Taylor all putting on big performances. It's going to be a great show, and it's on UFC Fight Pass. Go check it out. We'll be back next week for another edition of Inside Boxing Live.